Welcome to Where Medicine Meets Ministry. Dr. Cherie Talks Faith and Facts, a podcast that explores the relationship between faith and facts and its divine impact on the coexistence of mind, body, and spirit. Here's Dr. Cherie, a medical doctor, best-selling author, international professional speaker, a breast cancer survivor, and the queen of how to let go and live today and every day. Welcome to another episode of Where Medicine Meets Ministry. Dr. Cherie talks faith and facts. I want to get into a topic today of really just starting with a question. Can the power of love overcome the love of power? You know, power is defined as the ability to act or have influence over others. Generally, power is the ability to act or have influence, um, but it's also the ability to cause or prevent an action, making things happen. Um, Power is the discretion to act or not act. And now, you know, we are living in a time of... uh, freedom. Everyone wants to be able to do what he or she wants to do. Um, There are always times in our lives where we want to be in control and or express our power uh, in a particular situation, uh, whether it be in the home or at work or, uh, you know, with other hobbies or community events that we do. Uh, But sometimes we can get to a place where we're so focused on our control and on our power that we lose sight of love uh, and our role of servitude uh, in society. We were all placed here for service. Um, And sometimes we get very caught up in meeting our own needs that we fail to be there to meet the needs of others. And so I sit there and I, I ask the question, wow, you know, we, we use the term, I love you so much and love, love, love. But I thought, can the power of love overcome the love of power? Um, you know, recently I was talking with a friend about some of the childhood games we used to play, like being on the swings and, you know, pushing one another as high as you, as they could go. And then attempting to jump off the swings at the apex of the flight. And I remembered when I was a girl and attempted the same thing, uh, just to see how high I could fly. There was something very powerful with being in control of how high I went. And when I decided to release, but this one time I recall going up, up, up into the blue. I slid out and I flew. Well, sort of, because that time I found out for real just how gravity works. Um, my My feet slid out from under me when I touched down. And I mean, I landed flat on my back. It knocked the wind right out of me. I don't know if you've ever had the wind knocked out of you, but it is alarming when you cannot catch your breath. Um, I lay there for a bit, just wondering, oh my God, what comes next? I couldn't talk. I couldn't move. So here I was 
wanting to usurp my power and jump and reach for the sky. And when I came down, landed flat on my back, really feeling paralyzed because I couldn't breathe. I couldn't move. I couldn't talk. I didn't know what was coming next. It, running through my mind is like, oh my God, if I have to tell my parents, they're going to kill me. I mean, I knew I wasn't dead, but man, maybe being dead was going to be better than me having to tell my parents what I did if I have now seriously injured myself. But finally, my breath returned to me and I was able to laugh, brush it off and go on. Sometimes in demonstrating your power, life can knock the wind right out of you. There are times when it can feel like the weight of the world has slung you to the very hard and unforgiving ground. And then we wonder what comes next. I have stayed still as I've waited for God to inform me of what comes next. Uh, I've waited for the return of his strength after attempting to operate within my own. And then upon me waiting and waiting expectantly, and, and that's what waiting patiently means. You're waiting patiently. You can be patient because you are expecting something to change, something to happen. So I found that when I've waited patiently for God, he restores the breath within me. He renews the hope within me. Um, and his hope is renewed because I know of his unfailing love for me. And then in true God fashion, he stands me back up on my feet again. And I find that I'm on my feet again with my footsteps ordered to travel down the path of my life's journey filled with purpose. And I say that to say this, there are times when we feel compelled to act, to act within our power. That's part of power, the ability to, to, to act or not act. Right. And so there are times when we feel pushed and compelled to act. Um, but we got to be careful because we need to understand and appreciate. Are we moving within our will or are we moving within the will of God? And sometimes we find that when we move in our own will, things work out. No problem. But then there are times when we can operate in our own will and we can get knocked flat on our backs when knocked out of us, can't talk, can't move, can't breathe. And then in order for you to grab hold of what is real, what is true, and then to recollect yourself, to bring yourself back to where you were before you decided to leap within your own will, God restores his love, restores your joy, restores your breath, and in essence, restores your purpose. When that happens, it's time to kind of take a step back and really examine those times when you jump out and you fall flat on your back. It's time to take a step back and examine what were my motives? Were my motives pure? Was I acting out of service to others? Or was this purely for my gain? Because I'm here to tell you that when you do things that are just purely for your gain, when there are other people that you are connected to that could potentially be hurt, um, could potentially not achieve 
their full potential by your actions, you may find yourself falling more flat on your back more often than you would like. Because at the end of the day, even if this one act causes you to gain something for yourself, there should be a portion of you that is figuring out how with this blessing can I be a blessing to others? And so I stated earlier that there have been times when I have acted, landed flat on my back, trying to act within my own power. But then God restored me, placed me back on my feet again and placed me on a path of my life's journey. And my life's journey is full of purpose. And my purpose in a particular season may change. It may change for me and it may change for those uh, with whom I'm acting upon and for those with whom I'm acting with. But I'm talking about purpose that was meant to be fulfilled with others in service. A work that is done together out of love and mutual respect. Let's not forget that in our living that we are connected through giving, sacrificing, and elevating one another. And as Christians, sharing the love of God with one another. When the power of love causes us to work in service, there is unity of purpose and strength in numbers. But we have to be careful not to become so comfortable with each other that we take for granted what we can each bring in the advancement of the gospel. I want to ask another question. Have you ever rough housed, you know, you plan and push one put pushing one another and you know, you know, rough housed, you know. Yeah, you know, it, it it is fun to wrestle and joust with someone who you know means you no harm. And sometimes the play can get a little carried away. I know when I was growing up, we never broke furniture in our silly little childish tussles, but I have often heard it said it is all fun and games until someone gets hurt. The kind of roughhousing that is dominating our world today, especially through social media, is a perfect example of verbal roughhousing. It is a perfect example of, again, individuals usurping their power, their ability to act or not act, uh, to, to call something to be or not, um, the ability to cause or prevent an action, to make things happen. They are using their discretion to act by saying certain things, posting certain things, um, and putting things out there that could be painful or hurtful to others. There is a problem when we look at the type of roughhousing that is done through social media, somewhere along the line, even in the name of quote unquote kingdom work, people are still getting hurt. You know, the old saying of sticks and stones can bruise my bones, but words can never hurt me has morphed into speech is hate. And those who disagree are quote unquote canceled. There are no apologies. There is no return. You're just done. You're out. You're fired. 
I mean, when did we become so petty, so hateful? When did we become so willing to usurp our own power that we don't mind or care that we hurt one another? And I'm not talking about, this isn't a a physical interaction, but in many ways it's much worse. Christians, those of us who proclaim to know, love, and serve God, the world is watching, in particular, our pettiness. The world is noting our nation's fragility, but we carry green rectangular pieces of paper in our pockets and wallets with the words, in God we trust on them. But I challenge you when you look at what has happened on the social media front, are we really showing that we are in any way trusting in God? Now, this is not a dig on social media. This is again, delving into, can the power of love overcome the love of power? And and so now we have various different ways in which we can express that power. You know, back in the day, it used to be writing a letter. And, you know, sometimes by the time the letter arrived, your emotions have already subsided. And the person gets the letter like, whoa, where is this coming from? And then you go, you know what? I wrote that. I was angry at the time. Please forgive me. But now, because of social media, what we put out there instantaneous, not only is the person that 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 post was intended for, but everybody else sees it. All of the dominoes that you are connected to, all of you know the people that saw your video two weeks ago testifying to the goodness of God and how he healed you and how people need to follow the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. And then now they see another post where you're cussing somebody out, where you've canceled somebody, where you got them told, where you put them in their place. Again, can the power of love overcome the love of power? We cannot allow ourselves to fall away from operating in love. When life happens, how we respond will not only dictate the path we take, but also in how the dominoes will fall all around you because of your choices. We have to remember on this journey in life that we have to be comfortable with uncertainty and improvisation. When that happens, you will live wisely and well, not in spite of your troublesome journey, but because of it. Eleanor, Eleanor, listen to me, Eleanor Roosevelt once said, I could not at any age be content to take my place by the fireside and simply look on. Life was meant to be lived. Curiosity, like swinging as high as you can and then jumping as if you are in an attempt to reach the sky and landing flat on your back, (laughs) must be kept alive. Curiosity must be kept alive. One must never, for whatever reason, turn his back on life. And so I, I am encouraging you to let the power of love in light of service, guide how you live. I'm going to repeat that. Let the power of love in light 
of service guide how you live. On this kingdom journey, what are you doing with your life? How are you working? How well do you play? There's another quote by Louisa May Alcott that I like, and it goes like this. Have regular hours for work and play. Make each day both useful and pleasant. And prove that you understand the worth of time by employing it well. Then youth will be delightful. Old age will bring few regrets. And life will become a beautiful success. So let me ask you, do you have a work schedule? Most of us have times when we are to report for whatever it is that we do to make an income. Another question, do you bring the best of you to that work? I am always saddened to find someone who goes to work but looks for ways to avoid any labor. Somehow, it has become fashionable to give the least amount of effort needed to get paid. But, Christians, God tells us that in everything we do, do it heartily as unto him, meaning do it as if you were doing it for God himself. So let me ask you again, do you bring the best of you to that work? When you find someone who refuses to look for the easy way out and is always looking for ways to contribute, I'm telling you, treasure that person because they understand the value of their labors. They understand the worth of time by employing it well. I cannot stress how important it is to be careful because work can be taken to an extreme and therefore we need to schedule time to play too. We must not be a workaholic, nor should we be a goof off. There, somewhere in the middle is the balance. That is where order comes in. When you report to work, don't idle in neutral. When it's time to play and have fun, leave work behind you and be present when you play. With your eyes focused on what is out in front of you, proceed with the task at hand and do it with all that you have within you. So again, allow the power of love to overcome the love of power. And when you are exerting the power that has been given to you, please remember, one, you should be acting in service to others in some shape, form, or fashion. When you act upon the power that has been given to you, when you work, don't look to get out of it. Give your all. It may not be the job that you want right now, but it is bringing in revenue. And I promise you, if you are faithful over a few things, God can place you in a position where you can be ruler over many. But if you don't show God that you can handle what you have, but you continue to pray that you want more, 
but you haven't proven that you can do the best with what you have, why would he give it to you? We as parents don't do that with our children. Well, some parents do. Some parents, the, the, their kids can get whatever. Um, but that's not a biblical principle. God makes it very, very clear that he expects us that our, how we are moved along that with, with our blessings, there is always conditions to it. You know, delight thyself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Well, we first have to delight ourselves in him. And then he'll give us the desires of our heart. Delighting yourself in God is obeying him. Part of obeying him, another scripture, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. And so there is work for us to do before we should be expecting all of this outpour of blessings and or expecting us to be able to work or operate within a power that truly hasn't been given to us or our own. Because if you're acting merely out of what can be done and what is best for me without the attention given to others that are around you, then I would challenge whether or not you are operating and working within the will of God for your life. I don't wanna see or hear of people having to fall flat on their backs with the wind knocked out of them because they made choices that weren't guided by the principles of giving and receiving. Notice giving, when you hear that phrase, you, you don't hear receiving and giving. It's always, it's better to give than to receive. So there's always that action first before you get somewhere along the line with this love of power, We've lost that. I really want us to get back to it. So I'm going to end with John O'Leary's manifesto. It's pretty cool. And it's entitled Live Inspired Together Manifesto. We believe a single spark can ignite a mighty movement in the profound value of each one of our lives and the limitless potential within them. Each one of us has a unique calling to discern, a mission to embrace, and a purpose to live. Every one of us has a story. It's generally not the one we're telling the world, but it is indeed worthy of embracing. That the mundane isn't. That good enough isn't. And that getting by isn't. That just because something hasn't been done doesn't mean it can't be done. That we get to live by choice, not by chance. That nothing is more wasteful than wasting our lives in apathy, shame, or regret. That the end of formal education doesn't mean we're done growing in the classroom of life. Mistakes aren't final. Incremental change is transformative and human potential is intended to be unleashed. So strongly in our opinions, beliefs and values that we are willing to actually listen, learn from and connect with those with whom we differ. In fighting for things we know matter and surrendering to things we can't control.
in the power of love, the gift of grace, the promise of tomorrow, and the miracle of the moment, that while challenges may be part of life, we can indeed rise up, strive forward, and live into the truth that the best is yet to come as we live inspired together. Thank you for joining us on yet another episode of Where Medicine Meets Ministry. Dr. Cherie talks faith and facts. Until next time. You've reached the end of another episode of Where Medicine Meets Ministry. Dr. Cherie talks faith and facts. Be sure to visit MedicineMeetsMinistryPodcast.com to join the conversation and to view the show notes for this episode. And follow us on Facebook at Where Medicine Meets Ministry and on Twitter at MedMeetsMen. That's M-E-D meets M-I-N. If you love the Where Medicine Meets Ministry podcast, we'd love to hear from you. To subscribe, rate, and give us a review on iTunes. And to connect with Dr. Cherie, go to drsheriemd.com. D-R-S-H-E-R-I-M-D.com. Until next time.